guys, it's your host, Avery Carl with The Short-Term Shop. I am super excited to dive into our 10-episode mini-series on the Cascade Mountains in Washington State market. Super cool market, really cool part of the country. Wanna give you guys a couple of notes first before we get started. If you guys are looking for up-to-date income numbers or data or purchase prices on properties in these markets, you can find them at theshorttermshop.com. You can set up a search to look for properties in any of the 20 markets that we operate in. You can also sign up to work with any of our short-term shop agents in any of those markets. So if you buy with us in any of those markets, we teach you everything you need to know about how to manage a short-term rental for free. And you can do that at theshorttermshop.com. Also, if you know you want to work with us already, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we'll get you set up with one of our agents in one of our 20 markets. We will, we have also got a Facebook group, short-term rental, long-term wealth, same title as my book on Facebook. If you guys want to just join us, it's 60,000 of my closest friends talking about short-term rentals and managing them and buying them all day long. And I believe that's it. And we can go ahead and dive into the show. Make sure to give us a like, follow, five-star review, etc., on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, all at The Short-Term Shop. I'll stop talking at you and let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Short-Term Show special episode series on the Cascade Mountains. Today, we're gonna talk about expenses. So got a really cool panel here to help me talk about that. First, we've got Doug. You guys remember him, but Doug, you want to introduce yourself again really quick? Doug Wolf, Principal Wolf is his name now. <laughs> yeah, that's what Avery calls me. I'm Doug Wolf. I'm I'm the sole short-term shop agent in Washington State and uh, sell properties in Ashford, Packwood, Gold Bar, Kalia, and uh, our other guests here bought in Ashford. Awesome. So let's introduce them. Bo and Alyssa Komen. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm Alyssa Komen. This is my husband, Bo. Good to meet you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're new uh, new to the game. We just uh, um, invested in our first property. We closed on the 31st of August, launched on uh, late September. So pretty new to the market. Haven't uh, experienced even a full season yet, but we have just um, purchased a lot of things to get it up and running. So hopefully we can offer some recent uh, insight through our lived experience in that. You've just spent all the money, so you're the most qualified people to talk about expenses. Got it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So let's get to it. Today, we're just going to talk about, you know, the expenses for running uh, one of these things in this market. And first thing, let's go through the boring usual stuff. So uh, I don't have a lot of experience in the Pacific Northwest, but is heat typically electric or is it gas? It depends on the location. So I would say the majority is electric. Um, I would say there are a few communities that would have gas. Um, By and large, you're going to see electric as the main utility. Um, occasionally a propane tank um, that provides some gas to a place um, and occasionally natural gas in in the streets, but not that's not as common unless you're in a, like a really, really um, established development. Okay, yeah. so it's even up there, it's still mostly electric heat, you would say, mostly. Cor- correct. Yes. That really shocks me because as a Southerner who like, I'm actually getting chill bumps just talking about this part of the country because it just seems so cold and I don't like to be cold period. Um, 
I like, you know, I'm kind of like a reptile. I like heat and humidity and up there just seems so cold. So it seems like I know in, in the Southeast, which is the vast majority of my experience. So sorry to make it about me. Um, the electric in the wintertime, it gets, and it does not get as cold here as it gets there is insane. Uh, what, what does an electric bill look like in that part of the country in the wintertime? Because that, it kind of scares me, but I would imagine, I guess, since it does get that cold all the time there, that houses are built to withstand that and they're not here, but I'd love to hear more about that. So Bone and Lisa, you've had an electric bill in, in your cabin. So. Yeah, we've had one electric bill, so that's all we have to judge off. But um, I do know. I think it. I mean, I've heard it doesn't snow a ton there. It snows, but it's not like crazy dumps. Maybe a few a year or so. Um, and we just have those in-wall heaters, kind of in every room in the house. Um, so we'll see what the winter looks like. But you know, I don't know that it would. I mean, I'm from Seattle, and so I knew there electricity was pretty much more expensive in the summer because it gets really hot too. So I wouldn't imagine it, you know, is any more expensive in the winter than it is the summer because you're either cooling or heating. But being from Minnesota where it gets very cold in the winters, I don't Mm. think you get as extreme of temperature swings um, in Ashford and the Pacific Northwest, unless you're like up higher in the mountains. But where Ashford is, I think it's a little more moderate um, than extreme cold snowy winters. Yeah. Cleom's going going to be our coldest market. Um, the other three are on the west side of the Cascades and they they have that ocean influence. And so, I mean, right now at my house, it's 33 degrees, which I guess is pretty cold, but um, yeah, um, got a little frost on the ground. I don't know. So most people, most of new builds or newer builds are going to have a heat pump as their source of heat and um, and air conditioning. So um, and those are electric and they're really efficient. And then, like you said, Avery, um, most places are the, the codes for insulation in Washington state are really high. So you have to have a well insulated, um, building unless you're, you know, buying something really old, but for the most part, everything is going to be insulated really well. So like for my house, for example, um, it's on a heat pump. Uh, which which is electric and um you know i'm I'm about two thousand square feet and it's about a hundred dollars a month to heat and cool my house that's in line with what our first bill was yeah, yeah. wow a hundred dollars a month yeah maybe uh, maybe a little bit more if it's like really cold and running a lot or really hot and running a lot uh, it might get up to 150 at the most but um in honesty, my it, it costs more for electricity for my studio cabin in Tennessee than it does for um, the electricity in my house or well in in my, in my house, yeah. which is which is three times the sizes of of my studio cabin in Tennessee. All I right, think, I think electricity in general is just lower in in Washington State than kind of the national average, which is nice too. Yeah. All right. So if you do have gas, is it, what's that powering? If you've got a house that has gas, is it doing heat and appliances and a fireplace or typically just appliances and fireplace or typically just fireplace? Depends on the gas. So there's the natural gas in the street. And if you have that, um, like I do at my house, for example, so um, hot water and backup furnace. Um, So I, I have like a dual system. Um, and stove, those are, are, yeah, those are about it in terms of, uh, natural gas for my house. 
um, Bo and Alyssa have propane on, at their cabin. So I'll let them speak to what that actually powers. Yeah, I think it just, uh, our range, we have a fireplace. Um, we have like a barbecue connector in the backyard, which we decided not to use just in case people keep the grill on and or forget to turn it off and waste our entire propane tank. So we just got a, a separate one for that. Um, I don't think it heats our water, does it? We have a separate water heater or is that? Is it does. Yeah, I think it does heat our water. Yeah, it's in the laundry. Okay. So, in that instance, what's a typical gas bill look like a month around here? So we don't know because because <laughs> uh, I think they charge by the refill. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, so you've got um, propane. Gotcha. We haven't filled it yet, so so we'll have to let you know uh, next time if if we get charged. Yeah, and mine's mine's lumped in with a bunch of stuff from the city, garbage and other things. So. It's kind of hard. I mean, I'd have to look at a bill to kind of pick that out, but it's, I would say 50 to 75 a month for natural gas. Okay. But that's for my giant house too. I'm a giant house, but <clears throat> not a cabin. Big enough. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. So it's not, it's not a huge charge per month, which is really, you know, all we can really do here is, is ballpark. So, yeah. Um. okay. So electric, we got gas. Uh, let's talk about cable and internet. So um, Doug, I think in this would be a question for you because it might be a question that encompasses multiple markets here, multiple sub-markets. So are there areas still where you can't get real internet and you're going to have to go with Starlink or something like that? Or for the most part, are where the houses are around here, you can get, quote, real internet? Um, I would say three of the four markets are going to have real internet. Ashford is probably the exception to that. It, it has... Um, potential for DSL um so the the old phone connection but still fast enough to stream and and do all that stuff um yes there there are a few areas and spots in Ashford that would require Starlink um and maybe a couple in Goldbar as well um Packwood and Cleelum are going to have plenty of internet access mm -hmm. We had to, uh, CenturyLink is the only provider and it kind of takes a while to get it. Um, we had to like submit a request because when you go online and put in your zip code, it'll say we don't service that area. And so you have to call them. And luckily we had our builder who kind of told us how to navigate it, but we had to basically add our address to their kind of service catalog or whatever. Um, and ultimately they ended up, you know, providing us service, but it just took a little bit longer. Um, but we do have 40 megabits per second. And so it's enough to, to stream and all that stuff. So that ended up working out. We have internet, but we don't have cell phone service. Yeah. Oh, so I, internet was crucial. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a property like that too. So, um, yeah, as long as you can get Wi-Fi, I think you're okay. If you're in one of these like mountain markets like that, I think you're probably good. Yeah. Some people like being off the grid. Yeah. And you're not like totally off. It's just iMessage only. <laughs> Hopefully ghost guests don't get lost and need to contact you before they get into the house and can log into the Wi-Fi. That's, uh, <laughs> make sure they're well prepared. So, <laughs> um, Okay. So we've got electric, cable, gas, uh, what typically runs on gas. Let's talk about maintenance. So especially maintenance that's specific to this area of the country. So for me, the first thing I think about that you might have to maintain or pay to maintain here that you don't in other places is snow. What does that look like? Um, I would say snow is not really a factor except for Cleon. Um, So you're, we're going to get snow, like Bo said, um, on the west side. It, it generally comes in... There are exceptions to this, but it generally comes in like 
it'll snow for a day, two days, and then it will melt and then repeat. Um, so you don't get a huge accumulation of snow um, that just stays for the entire winter. Um, with the exception of Cleelum, which is on the east side of the Cascades with, where it's colder. And when it snows there, it tends to stick, stick around for the winter. So in, in Cleelum, you'll see um, either the county or the city or sometimes an HOA that um, provides snow removal services. Um, in the other markets, you're kind of just dependent upon the county to clear your roads. Yeah. The snow is removable though. So that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we did we did talk to our handy guy to get ahead or like just to start thinking about that and get a sense of this if that's something like we need to pay a service for recurring, you know, shoveling or anything. And and he said kind of what Doug alluded to is just kind of happens throughout the the season and we'd probably just pay our handy guy to shovel it if it's a big dump or something type of thing. Okay. So is there anything related to snow melting and wood and things being kind of damp for a little bit of the season that we have to worry about in terms of maintenance? No, not really. Um, again, we're, you know, it's not Minnesota. So like, you know, the snow isn't just sitting on your roof for a long time. It generally it falls, it's on your roof for a little bit and then melts off and, and you're good. Um, not a lot of, I, I would say in Cleelum again, um, freezing is probably more of a, um, concern than the snow itself. So just making sure that you have pipes taken care of, making sure that everything is, uh, freeze proof and, um, maintenance that way. But the snow itself, I, I don't have a ton of concerns in terms of maintenance for anything. It's really cold, making sure you don't set your house temperature when you're not there. Like lower, I think it's like than like 58 or something. So your pipes mm. don't freeze. You probably need to worry more about salting, de-icing your walkways. So you don't have guest mm -hmm. slip, um, which I would assume is probably another maintenance person mm -hmm. activity along with shoveling. But I'd say those can be like hazards to guests if it does get icy. Gotcha. And I think that I might mistakenly, because I'm such a warm weather creature, <laughs> I'm thinking it's like Minnesota, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. So. Yeah. Okay. The, the ocean really regulates the temperature here. So um, um, we don't get much warmer or much colder um, because of that, that ocean influence. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. Yeah. Except for in Kaliyalam, which is on the other side of the mountains, which gets more of a continental influence for its weather. <clears throat> All right. So is there anything else in terms of general maintenance that's going to be something that you're recurring going to have to maintain? I think about, so this is a very green state. Um, we get a lot of rain, we get a lot of moisture, and that makes things grow. Um, so landscaping is always going to have to be maintained to some extent. Um, even if you have like a low maintenance type of yard, there's going to be weeds that that start to pop up in that there's going to be there's grass grows like crazy here um so i think that landscaping aspect is probably something to consider in terms of just the rate and the the way in which things grow here is is pretty unique because of the the amount of moisture yeah our whole landscaping was just gravel and mulch um because we didn't want to pay for landscaping but you can already see and this was after just a few weeks moving in you could already see weeds and stuff kind of growing through it so i'm sure that'll start to get a little out of control <laughs> i'd say doug the only other thing i'm thinking of as far as ongoing maintenance is obviously filling our protein propane tank 
but that's monitored, I think, by the county mm-hmm. and they fill it. So it's not something we necessarily have to worry about, but that does need to happen. Um, and then the septic tank, I would say majority oh. of not everyone up there is on septic and that needs to be maintenance. Yeah. Um, and like Bone Alyssa have a maintenance and operation agreement or contract um, to take care of that. But uh, And particularly on new builds, um, the county requires septics to be monitored and maintained. So yeah, that that is definitely a, a consideration. How do you monitor a septic system? We just monitor it by like, stuff starts gurgling. It's time to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So twice a year, um, somebody comes out and looks at it and inspects it and makes sure it's uh, functioning correctly and not full. So you, you, okay. you hire somebody and you get it under, you get a contract for that maintenance schedule. Okay. Well, that's not not too difficult. Yeah. How much does that cost? How much does it cost to get a septic pumped out there? To get one pumped and inspected, it's probably about $600, $600. Okay. And we renewed a septic tanks too. Um, and Doug, you'll remember the, the final stretch of our, our yes. close. We noticed that um, in one of the closing docks or whatever, it was listed as a two bedroom, but our place is a three bedroom. And we asked about it and we found out that it was because they had to say it was a two bedroom because of the septic is designed to only support two bedrooms. And so so that was this kind of whole scramble to figure out, like, is that going to be a problem? We're planning on like marketing this to fit eight people and stuff like that. So definitely keep that in mind because we we ended up calling the septic engineer um, to kind of talk about like, what does this mean? Like, can we have more than four people in the house, you know, type of thing? And ultimately, he he made it seem like it was going to be totally fine because we're not going to have six to eight people living there year round type of thing. But um, just something to take note of, uh, because if people are and he did say he's designed you know a few hundred of those tanks in that area. And he's like, I know that there's none bigger than this. So, you know, whoever else has three bedrooms still probably has a similar size septic. But if people want to advertise six people, eight people in a, uh, you know, three bedroom that only, you know, supports to, from a septic standpoint, they just might have to be aware of that in terms of maintenance and um, what they're doing to the system. So Okay. So pretty typical, like really septic systems anywhere. Yeah. It's new to us though. So that was, that was, <laughs> oh was- yeah. Yeah. You guys are in California. Yeah. Not a lot of septic systems in town, uh, which most of California, the population of California anyway, is in town. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So what next? What next? Are there any pests that are specific to this market that you have to watch out for, like carpenter bees or anything like that that you have to treat for often? Ants. We got reports of some <laughs> ants in uh, in our house, but uh, but other than that, I'm not sure. I don't think no, nothing that you have to like pay too much attention to. Um, I would I would say rodents, um, mice in particular. Are all of these areas are kind of uh, forested areas where they tend to be rodents, so. Um, that that would be one that um, that I would make sure that I have at least some sort of pest control, keeping an eye on that, and maybe not so much in a new build, but definitely in more established ones. And then um, the only other one I would say is specific to here, and maybe this goes back to your question about the snow and the moisture, Avery, but um, termites can be an issue um, because of rotting wood and um, the, the moisture that is here. So again, not a new build issue. But in an older cabin, um, or if you're purchasing an older cabin, I would encourage you probably to get an inspection that that includes termites because wood does rot, moisture 
here makes wood rot faster. And so um, you have that. But what does that, that run you? Um, it would probably be included as part of a you know regular purchase inspection, which is five or seven hundred dollars. And then once you get that done, you don't have to do it um, every year. It's more of a something to pay attention to when you're buying. And then if, if you get the clean bill of health, maybe doing it once every five years or even more than that. Just okay. I think it's more of a concern when you first buy. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Other, other than that, we don't have we, we don't have snakes. We don't have a lot. We don't uh, have snakes. Po- po- no poisonous spider. Well, we have snakes, but no poisonous one. Well, no. Yeah, nothing. Um, hmm. We don't have. Uh, I mean, we're pretty clean in terms of uh, poisonous insects and uh, creatures. So hmm. um, nothing really there that you have to be too concerned with at all. Okay. Well, no poisonous creatures. That's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on the on the advertisement the, for this podcast. Yeah. It's one of the reasons. One of the reasons I live here. I have a. Uh, <clears throat> I have a fear of snakes. And uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Don't have don't have snakes. You yeah. got a lot of woods. We have gardener snakes. That's about it. Uh, over in Cleomia, I'll have rattlesnakes, but uh, not in any of the markets on this side. <clears throat> okay, so how often are these mostly cabins? How often do you have to keep them stained, and how much does that cost? That's probably Doug' question. I would say most of them are actually painted. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So most have like um cement or cedar siding um that is painted um if you do have a stained cabin then you're going to have to probably do that every five years or so yeah, so uh, right. some of them are stained most of them are painted okay good to know yeah. uh let's see anything else related to like exterior or interior maintenance that we might need to know nothing comes to mind here uh-uh. okay so we will move on let's talk about taxes both <laughs> property taxes and sales tax for running a short-term rental. What does that look like? Um, I would put us against any market that the short-term shop currently has in terms of highest property taxes. So um, for example, my studio cabin in Tennessee, my property taxes are $600. And I think those just went up like by 40%. Um, That same cabin here, would probably be closer to three to four thousand dollars in annual taxes, property just property taxes in general. So we we have a pretty high ta- uh, property tax rate. It's about I think it's one. It depends on the county, but it's around one percent. Okay. Yeah. So property taxes are pretty high. What are we looking at for sales and occupancy tax? So, Bowen, Alyssa, do, um, have you got set up with a business license and, um, is Airbnb taking or sorry, are the platforms taking your taxes out? What does that look like? Yeah. And it's just through the state, actually Ashford is unincorporated mm-hmm. and even through the County level, I think you pay like a, like occupancy tax or something of the sort through the County. Um, but then you're really only paying through Airbnb for the state, which was a really confusing process because Ashford doesn't show up when you go to apply for your business license. It doesn't show up on any other forms and you can't select it. Um, so it gets kind of confusing to maneuver that just because it isn't unincorporated. But I don't remember what the exact percentage was that's being taken out. Maybe yeah. So, so state sales tax um is like 6.8% and then it varies by county in terms of um additions onto that so in like in King County where I live it's 8.8% is sales tax so that's going to be charged um as a minimum and then if there's any occupant occupancy tax on top of that um that'll be part of that that tax um but again i mean 
most of that gets passed on to a guest, but you just have to account for it in terms of what it is and and take it into account with your your nightly rates because um, it doesn't influence those. Yeah. All right. So I think we've covered that. Uh, next, let's talk about insurance. Uh, insurance, roughly, like, what does that look like here? I don't think this is a um, a market where insurance, there's anything crazy that happens all the time, like hurricanes or anything, but you guys tell me. Um, yeah, insurance is going to be pretty standard here. Um, like you said, there's not not a ton of like natural disasters um, happening. Some properties are going to be in flood zones um, if they're near rivers, like Bonalis are kind of by a river, but not really. And so determining whether you're in a floodplain or not, um, that's sure. probably... That's probably the extent of um, any kind of special insurance that you would want. Um, living next to a volcano, you might want to consider earthquake insurance, but um, it's been there for a while and seems to be pretty stable, but you never know. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we're actually pretty close to a river and and they didn't say that was that we were in any kind of high risk area for that. So, yeah. Mm. Well, OK. Well, that's good. So let's, I'm, I'm particularly triggered by insurance, living and owning a bunch of stuff in Florida. So. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to cleaners. So what are you guys paying uh, for cleaners here? And what size is your house again? Refresh. Um, we're like 1200 square feet, um, okay. three bedrooms and a loft. So um, they're charging us by the hour per, per cleaner. So I think we're paying like 50 an hour or so. Um, we did like, you know, got a few quotes in turno and stuff, and that seems to be pretty competitive, but, um, but yeah, they're just paying, they're charging by the hour there. So say it, on average, it's like $150 a turnover. Yeah. Hmm. By the hour. Is that typical out there or is that specific to this cleaner? It's maybe Doug. Knows. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any different. Yeah. I, in Ashford in particular, there isn't a ton of infrastructure. Um, and it's not, it's definitely not like the Smokies where there's, you know, cleaner after cleaner after cleaner after cleaner. Um, it's a growing market and there, there isn't, there just isn't that infrastructure to support, um, you know, multiple cleaning businesses. And so I think you're, you're going to tend towards more of the um, kind of commercialized cleaning services. Gotcha. Um, th there are some local people. So I think that's probably uh, what you're seeing there in, in terms of the hourly charge which is interesting. Cleom, um, the other markets are going to have probably a little bit more of infrastructure, but Ashford probably has the least amount of services to actually uh, yeah. to clean. And we got recommended our cleaner, um, but um, it, it seems like most people you would potentially hire would be coming from nearing areas um, as much as 30, 45 minutes away, places like Edenville or, you know, even Tacoma and stuff like that. So, um, so there's not like a lot of cleaning businesses in Ashford. They just, this was one that services Ashford and sends a team out there regularly. Well, 150 a turn is really, really good in terms of the, the broader short-term rental picture. So even if they are charging per hour, that actually comes out in your favor, I think, because a lot of them are just like, oh, 300 per turn. And that's what it is, even if we only spend 10 minutes in there. So uh, yeah. interesting. That's This is the first place that I've heard that they have to do it that way. But it makes sense because if there's not a lot of just general short-term rental cleaners that you're having someone who's used to charging per hour by cleaning someone's primary home, 
doing this, but that's really interesting that you guys are making that work. So what all does a clean cover here? So in some markets where it's really common to have hot tubs, they'll, you know, they'll do the hot tub, drain the hot tub, do the chemicals. Uh, Does that include, does the price of your clean include them doing the laundry or is that separate? Um, Does it include paper products like paper towels and all that? Or do you have to order it and, and, Amazon them. I almost said Venmo them. Amazon them, your paper towels and things, or what does all that look like? Yeah. So we, we take care of all that. Um, but they'll, so we ship it to, um, one of the cleaners places, um, and then she'll bring it out and stock everything and all that stuff. Uh, but they cover obviously all the basics. They do do laundry. Um, and then we have asked them to do hot tub maintenance as well. Um, kind of more so the basics, you know, putting in the tablets and sanitizer stuff and cleaning the filter. I think if it gets, uh, they'll probably drain and refill as well. Um, if it gets any more advanced than that, we'd probably lean on our kind of handy guy who has a lot more experience doing that stuff too. So, so they'll do just kind of the basics of, of the hot tub maintenance. Um, I don't know if there's anything else they do that's unique. No, they do the dishes, they do the laundry, you know, change of sheets. They let us know if things aren't working and take photos or if they're broken. Um, yeah, I think too, Bo touched on it. We have our like owner's closet. So they make sure that that stays stocked as well as stocking everything throughout the house. And we just order our stuff to them and then they bring it and stock our house for us. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're looking at 150 a turn. They're going to let you know when you're out of toilet paper and you just send it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. I like that way of doing things. Uh, anything else? related to the cost of cleaning that we need to go over do they change light bulbs and stuff and and air filters or do you have to call somebody else to do that they would change light bulbs um when i talked to them and kind of got them on board they said you know they'll be our boots on the ground as much as we need them to be and so obviously anything since since they're charging by the hour they'll charge us for any of that extra you know curricular stuff that we'd want them to do but they would do stuff like that uh, changing, you know, out filters or anything like that. I haven't really talked to them about that, but do you provide linens or do they provide them? We do. Well, there was one other thing I was about to ask about that and it just slipped away from me. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that's pretty much everything on cleaners. What about firewood? Is this a thing or are there a lot of wood burning fireplaces out there? Do you provide firewood to your guests? If so, how much does that cost? Or do you just tell them like, hey, this is where you buy the closest firewood? We tell them where to buy it. We do have an outdoor fire pit. Um, We haven't been supplying. There's a little general store just up the street from us um, and guests can purchase their we don't have we have a propane fireplace, so we don't need to stock our wood burning. I would assume, Doug, you probably know better than we do, but I would assume some older homes do have wood burning fireplaces in the area. Yeah, um, pretty much any of the markets you're going to find kind of uh, your roadside firewood vendor. Um, so I, in almost every instance, um, people. Well, I guess unless you have a wood stove. Um, then you would probably bring in, you would hire somebody to bring in a load of wood and stack it and have it available for your guests if that's a source of heat in your house. So um, that's going to be about you know, $300 to $400 a, a load of wood to bring bring that in if you have the wood stove. Um, usually it's not the primary 
source of heat in the house. It's more of like a, um, you would probably want it Avery because it creates a nice warm house. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I would think a load of wood, like a quart of wood a year um, would probably get you through most winters, um, even with the wood stove. But otherwise, if it's just fire pit, um, there's plenty of roadside fire wood people um, in every market where you can direct them to. Okay. Anything else expense wise that we haven't touched on? We've talked about, there's not really a lot of HOAs here in another episode. Um, talked about in an HOA, but it's not, I mean, it's probably one of the only ones, Doug, <laughs> uh, maybe Cleellum has more, but yeah, ours is very affordable. I think it's like $19 a month. Um, gives you access to a private lake and some just kind of outdoor amenities that are exclusive to the HOA. Um, it's not super formal um, like others are, but yeah, we do have that expense. It's minor. Doesn't that, don't they provide your water? Do you have a separate water bill? I know it's like Paradise Estates water, but I didn't know if that was. Yeah. We're trying separately. to figure that out. They're hard to get yeah. in contact with. Um, and we were trying to transfer the account over and, and haven't yet, but they've been like, yeah. We're not going to shut it off. So I'm like, all right, I'll just keep trying until we get a hold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That will happen eventually, but I don't think it's included in the. Okay. Uh, we also did not touch on water, on water bills. So mm-hmm. is this mostly city water? Are we looking at wells or what are we looking at for water? Very few wells, mostly, um, mostly city or county water services. So wells are not as common. I would dare to say even like maybe. of properties are on wells. The rest are probably on some sort of municipality water system. Okay. And what are we looking at typically for water costs? Um, My property in Ashford is about $45 a month, this flat fee, and then usage goes up from there. So it's still uh, just a lot. It's not a, uh, a cabin yet. So right now I'm just paying the 45. So I don't know. I would probably put it in this 60 to 80 dollar range month okay um, and our water is free so <laughs> yeah, yeah currently yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. just ignore it and yeah, exactly. uh, it'll be fine trying to call them so you know what <laughs> um, <laughs> often you're begging for your bills yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just not important to them to get that changed over <laughs> it's not all right guys well uh is there anything else that we haven't touched on i don't think so i don't think so All right. Well, thanks so much for coming. Uh, Listeners, if you are interested in buying a house with Doug in this market, please email agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you connected with him. Or if you just want to hang out with us and learn more about short-term rentals, there's a few ways you can do that. You can join our Facebook group with 60,000 of our closest investor friends. It's the same title as my book behind me, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Or we have a live Q&A every Thursday that you can join. You can sign up for that at strquestions.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks.